0: Robert Muzzi with the new installment of Friends and Relatives. I'm sitting here with Daryl, Daryl Hilaire.
1: Hi, Muz. Uh, yeah, we're here tonight doing our, our music show, the uh, songs that brought to life on the Lummi Reservation while growing up, and uh, we're going to take ourselves from the 60s, maybe even the 50s, all the way through to today. Muz and I will cover the 60s and 70s for you. And later, if you're listening, Freddie and Candy, you'll come in and uh, take over for the '80s and '90s. At that point, we'll have uh, young fellers come in, Tony, Bo, and maybe some Blackhawks to bring us <laughs> up to date on what the music scene is like on the reservation.
0: What was the music scene like, Daryl? Do did you did you, um, did you all have what kind of radios did you have back then? Did you did you have uh, uh, did you have radios in your cars? Did you have radios in the house? Is that what you listened to?
1: Yeah, there was a lot of static, you know. So we were way out on the res there, and we had transistor radios with those little D batteries. And <laughs> you know, we'd go outside and turn on the radio in the car and listen to it there. Or we'd hit the TV for that to come to life so we can pick up uh, the Ed Sullivan show every now and then. But, uh, it, was, it was pretty, uh, pretty mellow, really.
0: You really didn't have a lot of channels to choose from, did you, back
1: then? Uh, We had uh, Channel 12, and then uh, I think it was like Channel 2, you know, (laughs) so Vancouver.
0: Yeah, well, from Vancouver, that's right, right, close to Canada. Uh, I would think that, uh, you know, for those who don't remember, there was an actual channel in Bellingham. I believe it was Channel 12, it was KVOS, and it was a... um, it was, I believe, for a while, a, a CBS affiliate. So they'd get some CBS feed.
1: I don't know. I think it was just Frisky Frolics. That's all we can remember. <laughs> it was a cartoon show. So we turned, oh, hey, there's cartoons. Yeah, They had cartoons on the radio? They had cartoons uh, on the TV. On the
0: TV, yeah. What were some of the favorite songs that you guys liked to listen to back then?
1: Well, we'll just get into it then. Here's uh, 96 Tears by the Mysterians uh, came through and— kind of uh, was one of those songs you danced at at the old gym too
2: many teardrops for one heart to be crying too many teardrops for one heart to carry on your way out on time now Since you left me You're always laughing Way down at me But will now I'm gonna get there We'll be together For just a little while de
0: The songs that made the whole world cry. Did you guys wear that record out? Did you have that? Did you have actually have that record?
1: I didn't have the record. I just kind of knew my cousins did, you know, and they <laughs> played it over and over, like, <laughs> like all those songs. You know, you only had so many 45s. 45s. <laughs> <Forty-fives.
0: laughs> <laughs> well, I'm a little older than you, Daryl. I go back. My folks had 78s, and uh, these were non-corruptible files, though. Did you guys just gather up and, uh, every night and listen to music? Or did, did you, I mean, was it part of your, uh, in case it was your entertainment, but did, you had those transistor radios, so did you have them down at the Stomish grounds? Did you on the beach or just in people's houses?
1: Yeah, I think everybody just carried their little transistors around and, um, you know, mostly baseball back then. Baseball was a big deal back, back in the old days growing up. Uh, baseball games every Sunday, Swinomish, Tulalip would stop by, you know. Get done with church and, you know, put on your dirty clothes and go to the ball game.
0: (laughs) So you guys had a a gymnasium back then. And I guess when I say back then, I'm, I'm I'm talking about toward the end of the 60s. Is that where you hung out a lot?
1: Well, there was the old gym. You know, today we call the old gym that we have today the old gym. But there was actually a gym prior to that, a big wooden structure that was located right where the Northwest Indian College parking lot is today. And and that burned down, I think, in like in 1972, and mm. so for a while there, we went without a gym. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, I think it was about 1978. We built a brand new gym. It was like, whoa. we're like downtown now because we had this brand new gym and brand new floor. And yeah, everybody was there playing basketball.
0: How long were you without a gym? You must
1: like, oh, like six years, six seven six, years, six yeah. or seven full
0: yeah. years. Yeah. yeah. So that meant that anything you did uh, sports wise or your your kind of entertainment, your kind of social activities were all done outside.
1: No, basketball's winter sport. We'd go to Ferndale, we'd go to Western, go to the Y. We'd go to these different places, you know, to to play hoop. I think that's where I met you is at the Y, because you know, I was playing basketball back then and there's this sweaty old guy coming in there playing from racquetball, you know. And, yeah, yeah, and that was you. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, you <laughs> met me. Yeah, oh, no, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah that was – the YMCA must have been a big uh, – it still is a big uh, social gathering place for people. But back then, it uh, probably even uh, even more so, I would think, because it wasn't uh, – it was – you lost your gym uh, when you'd go there to the Ys. You mean you went into town every Saturday, every Sunday? Is how that well,
1: we were gym rats. We'd go – Find, play hoop somewhere, you know, Ferndale or Western or the Y. Yeah, it would just depend on what people were doing. Weekends we'd play tournaments, so we'd be on the road playing, playing hoop at uh, another reservation.
0: Getting back to the music, uh, what, uh, what were some of your favorites?
1: Well, uh, early in my teenage life, this is like everybody's favorite. Uh, it was our theme song. Louie <laughs> Louie. <Louis-Louis. laughs>
0: Yeah, those guys were the Kingsmen, wasn't it? They? they were from, like, Seattle.
1: Is Seattle Is that right? I kind of think so. We, uh, we really didn't know. You know, <laughs> they were just on the radio.
0: Well, I was down at that time— uh, Right around the time Louie Louis came out, I was I was actually down in Southern California in uh, the Los Angeles uh, area, and it was very popular down there too. Louie uh, Louie. I mean, it was pretty pretty standard three chord progression; just about anybody could play it. But it was and it was easy to follow along, and easy to dance too at the time. And uh, everybody would sing along. Did your folks like that that stuff?
1: I don't know. I think uh, during that time, my my parents were pretty uh, straight arrow.
0: Oh yeah, what did they like?
1: They liked. Uh, Do you like remember Freddie Fender? I think Freddie yeah. Fender. Yeah, yeah. Those 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 kinds of songs. Uh, well, Ray Charles, you know.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that was Ray. Ray spanned a lot of cultures. He spanned a lot of years. I mean, he just kept right on going. Yeah. Freddie Fender. I don't know where he is now, but he was kind of the. It's uh, a bit of a, with kind of a Hispanic Elvis in a lot. Of, <laughs> I'd like kind to of the Hispanic Elvis a my song. partner.
2: Soul partner. Well, here he is. Mr. Duck Sound, better known as Sir Douglas Quintet from San Antonio. Wherever you are, brother. <laughs> wasted days and wasted nights. I have left for you behind. Or you don't belong to me. Your heart belongs to someone else Why should I keep loving you When I know that you're not true And why should I call your name When you're the blame for making me blue Remember the day that you went away and left me. I was so lonely, prayed for you only, my love. Why should I keep loving you when I know? That you're not a true. And why should I call your name when you're the blame
1: or making me?
2: I keep loving you when I know that you're not true. And why should I call your name when you're all blame
0: for making me blue? parents liked Freddie Fender all right? Or was it, they were still so straight arrow, they were still going, they were, they probably song from the 50s.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Their songs escape me right now, but I know Freddie was there, and Ray Charles, Frank Sinatra, you know.
0: Frank Sinatra. Yeah,
1: they love that.
0: Old Blue Eyes, singing on the res. It's just, it's quite a, quite an image, (laughs) Daryl.
1: That's right. Then, uh, you know, then the new, new gym got built, and then there was all kinds of basketball teams. Everybody had their own uniforms, and the whole families were showing up. And it seems like there was a tournament every weekend. There was every basketball. weekend. It was yeah. like basketball every day, though.
0: Yeah. you. So teams from other tribes or from other uh, – some people from Ferndale maybe come down in and play? Would it, would it just be primarily tribal?
1: It's mostly tribal. Yeah, every now and then we'll let a Juanita min. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I don't. I'm sure as long as they didn't win, <laughs> if they did, they'd need an escort.
1: Oh, you know that was the referees that needed an escort. The referees. Yeah, it pretty competitive, you know. So, but it was all in fun at the end of the day, you know.
0: So was it? Uh, was it? Was it only men, or were the women? Did the women have? Oh teams? no,
1: no, their women were going um, pretty good too. I think the women were actually. Uh, uh, more notorious for softball, we had a couple of real good softball teams back then. Wow. Yeah, yeah.
0: And who would you play?
1: Oh, they'd play city league. You know, they would. They would go to town and, and of course, play res tournaments on weekends. You know, but yeah. in Bellingham, it was a big deal back then. Um, a lot of softball got played.
0: Kind of like uh, a round robins, there'd just be games going all day long, and as soon as one would end, uh, one would start. Up.
1: It'd be uh, yeah, tournaments. Organized uh, tournaments.
0: So, how did you get into town back then? I mean, if you only you only came in mostly on weekends, uh, did you did you hitchhike? Did you have to find somebody with a car? How did you get in town?
1: Well, I uh, I moved to Bellingham uh, when I was like fourteen. My my parents uh, uh, sold their land in Portage Island. They got some money, and we moved to town, and they. You know, bought a house and we went to Bellingham High School, and then so we were going back and forth. Uh. Sports, you know, and our cousins on uh, the Lummy Helldivers, and then uh, going <laughs> home at night, and yeah, we had a good time. And yeah. and then, of course, then uh, yeah. from coming through the radical 60s into the even more radical 70s, you know. Uh, there was actually some music starting to be played by native folks. Like, That's
0: what I was going to ask. That were there, were there native bands? I, I mean, I, I mean, lo, local bands, or did you, or or there, were there were some that certainly were, um, were national um, or, or regional that would play? I mean, I remember a couple myself. Don't you?
1: Yeah, remember this one.
0: Redbone. And Redbone actually made it onto television. There used to be one of the first, I I think, real, I guess it was mainstream, but it it had a lot of the bands that were being played on the air at that time, usually on FM radio, was uh, the Midnight Special. And uh, you can still Google, you can, there's lots of people that aren't here anymore that you can You can Google now. You can Google Midnight Special and you can Google Redbone and you can see them uh, doing uh, performances. And uh, I've done I've done that. Uh, and it's pretty good quality stuff. You put on the headphones, you can hear some really good quality stuff and see them.
1: Still make you dance. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. Uh, it was That was the cooler version of American Bandstand, those shows that came on at night.
0: American Bandstand, which actually came out of back east. I think that was a Philadelphia show.
1: I just remember it was black and white, and you know, the (laughs) shows at night were in color. (laughs) Did you
0: guys so you guys didn't get much television? And when you did, uh, the way you got was it like rabbit ears
1: or old antennas? Is that how you got it? In the old days, yeah, yeah, it was rabbit ears. And you know, we got a little bit of money, we got. A Regular antenna that dad put up on the roof, you know. But, <laughs> wind blow it down, you, know, you go put it back up, and but, then you had to turn it back, turn it and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, moving forward, though, you know, it's like uh, you know, next thing you know, the you know, everybody had a TV, everybody had a phone, you know, and had music everywhere.
0: Everybody had a phone, everybody that's it's like that now, everybody's got a phone, right? Right, yeah. How old were you when you started driving? Did you guys have a? You had? Did you I mean you got a driver's license at some point, or did you probably driving before you got a driver's license out on oh, the yeah. road? Yeah, That's how was, you
1: learn. That's how I learned. Uh, Thirteen years old, you're driving down the road. You know, so <laughs> I didn't get my license until I was eighteen, though. A little bit of trouble, but you know, yeah, finally became legal. I graduated in 1972 from Belladown High School, and this was just came out that year.
0: Hi, we're back, and you're listening to KMRE-LP 102.3 FM, Friends and Relatives. Daryl. how many brothers and sisters do you have? You had a quite a large family you came from.
1: My mother and father had uh, 14 of us. <laughs> and,
0: Not all at the same time. <laughs> and, uh, we're kind
1: of like uh, one right after another, you know. <laughs> you can imagine that. And, yeah, we started out with uh, probably – a. Two or three room house, and we just kept adding on as more uh, my brothers and sisters were born. I'm I was the second oldest. I was going to say, and where yeah, were you in the yeah, pecking order? Yeah, and then, uh, then of course, uh, when we moved to Bellingham, then we got this huge house, and there was like bedrooms everywhere. Wow, it's kind of nice to have your own bed. So you were
0: you were the you were the second born or right. the second oldest? Yeah, I guess that would be the same thing. Right, right. Yeah. Wow. Did you, uh, at some point, I mean, did you start working? They, You, you know, I mean, you were kids for a long time, and, you know, you got to be kids. But was there some point where you started actually working, fishing? What was? What were your main ways of— My,
1: my first job was uh, washing cars at, at Maury's Auto lot on <laughs> DuPont Street. Uh, we moved to Bellingham, and I decided, oh, I'm going to go get myself a job. So I ran across the street, and there was an old guy there smoking a cigar with— <laughs> one of those checkerboard hats on hey yeah you got any uh, got any work you know and looked at me in a half crew cut half grown out hair and said yeah yeah go ahead and wash my cars so he paid me 50 dollars or 50 cents an hour you know and I worked 50 cents an 50 hour 50 cents an hour and i worked like 4 hours you know in the morning 8 to 12 and got 2 bucks and Man, I was rich. What'd you do with that money? Herpes, of course. What do you think a kid kid would do? (laughs) Herpes? Yeah. I don't even think herpes exists anymore. Well, I don't know if it is, but it was sure good back then.
0: How long did you do that?
1: I don't know. It it didn't last long. You know, you find other work, you know.
0: I don't know about up here, but where I was, we could, uh, we used to, back in the day, in those days, you could uh, turn in pop bottles for deposit. You know, you get two cents a bottle and a nickel for the, two cents for a regular Coke bottle and uh, a nickel for the bigger ones uh, for the quart size. And uh, they don't do that anymore. But that was a great way of recycling. Plus, all that money we'd get, all that money from picking up pop bottles. All, it wouldn't be a lot of money, but we'd turn right around, turn it into a store. The store would give us, you know, a couple of bucks. And then we'd spend it right away on candy
1: and stuff like that. It's funny that you say that because my brother Terry and I and brother Hank, that's what we do. We get potato sacks, and we'd walk along the side of the road from our house down to Marietta. And uh, I noticed that, uh, like Robert and uh, Peter Lawrence would do the same thing, and we'd be picking up bottles after Saturday night, you know, and we'd get down to Tommy Baker's in Marietta and turn in all our bottles, get get some money, and, and buy penny candies. And yep. walk all the way home. Same thing we walk, did. Walk the old... Nooksack Bridge, is old plank bridge, and you know, make our way home.
0: And if there was one that was a little cracked or something, you had to hide it so that they, the store owner didn't catch
1: you because they wouldn't take those. Well, we, we look for those jumbo bottles. You'd get a nickel. For a nickel those. for everyone. Yeah, That's, That's right. right. That's same here. Yeah.
0: Same here. And you know that actually, uh, uh, it's it, it's too bad that doesn't happen anymore for some reason or another. That was a, a it just quit happening. Well the. Bottle lobby didn't want to do it anymore, but boy, what a that was that was a recycle program. That's exactly yeah. what it was.
1: Now it's like, uh, hey, dad, you got five bucks. Five bucks. <laughs> I don't know
0: what gas was
1: for you. If how much was gas for a
0: car, at the oh, time? I don't remember. I, maybe. It was about a quarter, a, right, gallon, right. something like that.
1: 40 cents, maybe.
0: Yeah, I remember back in the day, we, people would say, if you're going to go somewhere, everybody had to chip in a quarter for gas. Now everybody's got to chip in $20 <laughs> or get a hybrid get a hybrid yeah there was no such thing as
1: a hybrid back then well uh, this is uh, what was kind of hot during those contentious years <laughs>
0: music white boy <laughs> how would you sing that in the language
1: well you know it'd be kind of <laughs> a lot a lot of uh grunting and groaning and uh, you know just uh carried on it was a fun song yeah
0: fun times too because in, in my day it was if you were going to go out on a date you asked the woman you asked somebody to go out on a date with you oh yeah
1: it was just normal you know yeah. Go pick somebody up and go to the movies, you know. So you, so go you to come you after. You know. Come into Bellingham
0: and go to the movies, yeah, or
1: yeah, yeah, or Linden Birch Bay Road or wherever, you know, just wow. something going on. Yeah,
0: So a lot less, a uh, lot less people around, a lot less traffic back then.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. yeah Bellingham, I think it was like twenty six thousand people, you know.
0: Oh.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's and, that
0: many people in Fairhaven now, I think. <laughs> so after yeah. you watched... After you washed cars, Daryl, uh, I don't know how long you actually did that, but probably for a while, summer job, something like that.
1: Yeah, it was, it was really short lived. You know, I was still a kid. You know, so you sure. just moved to town. So how old we joined, were you when you did that? Uh, 14. 14 years and, old. And you know, then you joined the Boys and Girls Club. You start doing that kind of stuff, and then you know, high school sports. And next thing you know, you're, you know, you're moving out, and you are going to college, and you're. Uh, trying different things on, you know, and so you do that. But I think what was constant, though, is just a lot of families uh, sticking together either through sports or through fishing or through winter uh, activities, you know. And, so you were, and music Music was kind of a thread, I guess. It kind of reminds <laughs> you of different parts of the seasons, you know.
0: So you were around, I mean, culturally, um, the, the fishing the work that's done in fishing and the and the fishery out here, you every every family did that, didn't they? They had somebody doing that.
1: Well, after the Bolt decision, a lot of people moved home. Yeah, there was a lot of people that uh, came from the cities and got home and really got to practice our way of life. That was pretty cool. You know, it was uh, it was a great boom at Lummi when uh, the Bolt decision happened, when the aquaculture got built, uh, when we uh, emerged as a self-governing tribe. Well, there's a lot of changes, so a lot of people moved back home, like you said. Wow. The, the Bolt
0: decision, you know, it was a 70s thing, and um, I remember hearing about it, but I, uh, you know, you and I didn't know each other then.
1: No. No, it was uh, pretty contentious, and that's why the uh, last song was so—it uh, wasn't really a rallying cry, but it was right in the middle of that contentious period. It was right. kind of fun to listen to it.
0: Yeah, I know that uh, even if you're given the politics of today, um, there are families— uh, family members who some people support the current president and some people don't. And it's, uh, it can break up families. And I'm sure back in the bolt decision days it actually probably broke up friendships.
1: Oh yeah. All all over the place. Wow.
0: So as after the bolt decision, uh, how long did it take, um, for people to start moving back home? Was it like the next week? Oh yeah,
1: definitely. Yeah. People got wind of what was going on and you know, the, we had we had uh, in the 60s the Lummi aquaculture people moved home and they started building our sea ponds and going to school and that's where the college was born, you know. And then the bold decision, then people started moving home and then self-governing. We became a full-fledged government. And then you know then casinos come along in the 90s and even more happens, you know. And today we almost have a four-year uh, university. Today we have 750 employees at LIBC. Today we have over 600 fishermen. Today we have a destination resort.
0: I know when I go out to, when I'm invited out, and I always feel welcomed when I go out to the Lumination. When I see the sign say, that says, welcome to the Lumination," I believe it. And uh, and I recognize that uh, it is the Lummi Nation. You and I actually met, uh, I don't know, remember the year we met, Daryl. I think
1: it was like 1902. <laughs> you know, but well, you're I, wrong. It was actually we, 1904. Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't speak English then, but, you know, you taught me, you know. <laughs> yeah,
0: I didn't speak English either very well. <laughs> yeah, I noticed. <laughs> I spoke Spanish, though. <laughs> Southern California. Right. Yeah, it's, it was a, a, a really a nice, natural, just a really natural, n- nice, natural pairing, I think, when I, when I met you and I will say that I uh, just right here in public that I remember when uh, I wasn't somebody who got sick very much. And one time I was in the hospital with a uh, back infection. And uh, you were there a lot to visit me. And I thought that was like, wow, that's remarkable. It's, uh, And I think somewhere in there we went from being best friends to brothers.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a natural thing to do. I think there's a certain kind of energy there, you know, that –
0: I know it was really popular for some for back in the hippie world. It's like I got to get me an Indian buddy. <laughs> and uh, on the other hand, uh, I, that just it ha- for me it happened very naturally, and I think it's probably the best way. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure we've got some music that will describe that very thing.
1: Yeah, and we all have our favorite oneitem too, you know. So uh. <laughs> I feel like I'm the token oneitem. <laughs> <when> he- <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but uh, music uh, kind of just weaved through everything we did baby this is one of those
3: satisfied. songs I'm in love with you I'm satisfied i too, baby, just to know that I'm in love with you Baby, now, sugar, I'm, I, been, I am, I am, I am, I am, I mm, yeah. Well, I'm going downtown with my hat caked in. I'm coming back home now, baby, with a pocket full of ten. My money Jimmy. Sugar, I'm going downtown with my hat caped in. I'm coming back home to you, darling, with a pocket full of tin. Oh, money done shame. Little red rooster, rooster, you don't come round my chicken shack as much as you used to, rooster. Well, the little red ham, say the little red rooster, rooster, you don't come round my chicken shack as much as you used to, rooster. Not at all. I ain't. I ain't. Oh, I love you, sweet mama. Now, baby, now you're the one. You put your arms around me, baby, like a circle around the sun. now baby you're the one you put your arms around me now baby like the circle around the sun high up on the hill in the daytime I see the crows at night I hear the whippoorwill <laughs> Living in the country baby Living on the hill in the daytime I hear the crows at night I hear the whippoorwill yes i know that i'm Just to know that I'm in love with you Satisfied and tickled too, Baby, just to know that Satisfied.
0: yes, I'm satisfied. You've been, we been. Well, Welcome back. You're listening to Friends and Relatives on 102.3 FM in Bellingham, broadcasting out of the Spark Museum with its towers high atop the beautiful downtown Bellingham Herald.
1: And you just listened to Satisfied and Tickled Too by Taj Mahal. And uh, that's something that uh, we'd play after Basketball tournaments over at my aunt's house, and we'd all just kind of get into it, because we were all happy and we were all tickled, you know, and we're all together, eating and laughing and dancing after a good good weekend of basketball.
0: Just feeling good as family. That's right. Yeah. Well, Daryl, it's really been wonderful to hear hear more about you and your youth and uh, and uh, what what your culture was doing around that time with the kids, you as kids, as you went through the growing pains and the growing years, it's it's so much different now, it seems to me. Of course, it would because we're older. Uh, but those were really good times. Uh, when I look back, I think, you know, always make that joke, these are the good old days. And uh, that always, is, to me, has meant that wherever you are, that Make those the good old days because you're going to be talking about them, talking about them later. I think it's much more challenging for the youth today. Um, both, no matter what culture you're in, things move so fast. Uh, the access to uh, music and politics and news and information, whether it be the speed of bad information, is seems a lot faster than the speed of good information. What are some of the challenges that you think that the uh, the kids today are facing?
1: Family. Growing up on uh, the res, uh, and what we uh, called it back then, kind of more after we left, we called it Laneville. And Laneville was where my mom uh, raised us, my mom and dad raised us. Next door was her twin brother, Uncle Vernon, who had 12 kids. They lived right next door. Across the street was Grandma Christine. She had a couple of my younger aunts living with her. Kitty corner to that was my uncle Virgil. Behind him was my aunt um, my aunt's trailer and aunt Viola's trailer. And then through the trail and through the woods, there was the Tom family and the Nolan family. And so we'd have these giant baseball games where I don't know. maybe it was like thirty people on a side, uh-huh. you know, and we'd play baseball. Sometimes, uh, uh, first thing in the morning, all the way through, you know, where we can't see anymore.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: It was so funny to, you know, when uh, we came out of the winter and we, it's time to play baseball, we'd, <laughs> we'd chop down all the blackberry bushes. We'd find all our balls and bats in the blackberry bushes, and away we go. Start know. off again. It would be set. We were rich. Yeah. We were well, all together. You, were, you guys were Uncle, rich. Uncle. Uncle's were there. Aunt's were there. Grandparents were there. That's all you needed.
0: You were rich in each
1: other. You really were.
0: That's yeah. right. And you can think back and look at it that way. And at the time, <clears throat> I don't know if you noticed, noticed it, but those were the really the good old days. And I don't know what it's like for the kids today. I know the time you're describing, I, what I was thinking while you were talking about that was while that was going on, somebody else was – somebody was back doing all the cooking because when you guys were done, you were probably hungry as can be.
1: That's right. Uh, the – Mothers and grandmothers were great cooks, you know, and my dad was pretty good cook, cook too, you know. But, uh, yeah, big pots, big pots of stew or big pots of mush in the morning, you know. <laughs> Kept us going. Kept you going. Kept us going. Kept you going. Um, we had
0: mentioned before, we talked a little bit about the Bolt decision. Um, what was that? Uh, what actually was the, the basic tenet of the Bolt decision?
1: Well, it's uh, tribes getting together. Lummi uh, was the leader, and they said, hey, state of Washington, get your hands off of us. Uh, we have a right to fish. We're going to fight you on it. And they did that physically as well as legally. And they went to court, and they won. And uh, Judge Bolt uh, said your treaty rights, uh, uh, said that uh, we were uh, had the right to 50% of the harvestable salmon in the in our uh, homeland, and that was uh, it was going to be taken all the way to the Supreme Court, and they they up they did they decided not to hear, which meant the the Bolt decision held, and so it was our one of our great treaty rights victories.
0: How long did that fight last uh, in, well, in terms of
1: the Bolt decision? You'll have to ask somebody that's really been there because it it goes back from the time the treaty was signed; it was always being violated. Our you're rights so, you're, were continu- you're still fighting now uh, our rights were always violated uh, with mm-hmm. the land being taken and kids being taken and health care being denied and our fishing rights being denied so that thing that thing never uh, uh, was uh, clearly um, respected by the United states government and the people of this country
0: mm-hmm. from the time that you actually uh, that that uh, you filed and that the um, the Bolt decision. All of that didn't happen in one day. Did that take a year? Did that? Oh, no, take...
1: it took uh, many years. Yeah. a lot. A lot of incidents uh, led up to that, and uh, still being challenged today. You know, the I state mean. of Washington continues to uh, ignore its responsibilities as it relates to our treaty right.
0: You know, I was greatly, and still continue to be greatly, uh, greatly honored and greatly privileged. Actually, to have been part of the. Uh, of the play that we did together, what about those promises? and that uh, that took that that play, as it has grown, has started is encompassing now the whole coal train thing. It's moved right up to the gateway project, you know the the, the coal terminal. So you're right. I think I'm aware that the fight still continues for you.
1: Warren Lyons my uh, my great uh, respected elder from the uh, Six Nations Iroquois, said, you know. What they want, Daryl? They want all your land. You know what they want after they get all your land? More land. <laughs> wow. And so yeah. we know that we're always, yes. uh, we're always yeah. never resting. But you know, back to happier times. You know the uh, the uh, great coming home and the new gym being built and all those things uh, we had. Uh, we had all our families playing basketball, too. There were the Lummi Fishermen, the Kinley Boys. You had uh, the Lummi Nation, the, the Green Boys and their buddies. Uh, you had the uh, Swinomish Snaz. You know, it was uh, Edwards, some of the younger Edwards boys, and Brian Clattesby. You had, you know, the Tacoma Bucks. You had all those different uh, tribes with their different teams and team names and stuff, and For us, in our family, it was the Lummy Helldivers, and (laughs) I'd like to leave everybody with this song, which was our theme song back then, Rock Creek Park by the Blackbirds.